The Bible tells us that there is a difference between our spirit, our soul, and our body. And that at some point, when you become a Christian, your spirit is brought to life. Today, we're gonna to look at what that means. This is Robert Furrow and welcome to Hot Topics. If you'd like to help us get these videos out, consider liking, subscribing, sharing, and ringing the bell. The comment section is open below. We would love to hear from you. Today we want to look at several scriptures that are going to help us to be able to understand what's going on with the spirit, soul, and body. There are some different ideas that are out there. We want to boil them down and see what the Bible has to say. First is 1 Thessalonians 5.23 where it says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now in that passage, it talks about all three, spirit, soul, and body. Oftentimes the Bible will talk about a soul and a body and a spirit in the body. And there are those who believe that there are only two, that you have a soul, which is your inner man, and you have the body, which is connected to your soul. So the Bible seems to indicate that there's a spirit and a soul and a body. It's hard for us to understand, but that's exactly what the Bible says. Listen to Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of the soul, the spirit and the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Not only does this passage tell us about the spirit and soul and the joints and marrow, the body, but also the heart, which could be another reference to the central part of man. But here this passage tells us that the word of God gets in where we can't normally look and the word can tell where the spirit ends and the soul starts and the difference between the soul and the body. This can be confusing for us, but I think that the Bible clearly teaches us that something happens when we are born again. Let's start first of all with the body. So the Bible says in the book of Genesis that God created man and then he breathed into him and gave him life so that the body apart from the breath of God being inside of Adam was dead like a person where the soul the spirit the consciousness leaves and they are dead and then God himself breathed into him and this would speak of the Holy Spirit bringing life into man so that every bit of life that is in the world today is there because the Holy Spirit breathed it into place and for Adam and later on for Eve it was a body soul and spirit the body first of all having its five senses we interact with the world with our body it's the way that we who we are interact with the world around us and I don't believe it's just that we have a body because the Bible tells us that our bodies are going to be resurrected and that we are going to have bodies throughout all of eternity. Not only are there the five senses, but the body also has its drive. It has a need for air, the, the drive to have air. It has a need for water. It has a need for food. It has a need for sex. These are things that our body desires and wants, and it can direct your whole being to follow after the body. The Bible tells us that we are not to follow the flesh, 
because from the flesh will reap corruption, but instead the spirit and from the spirit we will reap life. The second that I want to talk about is the soul. And here again, it gets a little bit cloudy because what is the soul? Is it just the consciousness that you have? Is there something else? Is it just the self-awareness? Is it your emotions? Is it your will? I think it would include all of those things that you interact through your body. We would say that an animal has a self-awareness and interacts through its body. And it's the same way that the soul of man interacts with the world around him. So it's when we get to the spirit, that things get interesting because when Adam and Eve ate in the garden, the fruit that was in the garden and they died, they died spiritually. And everyone who was born after them had a dormant or a dead or a non-existent spirit. So that when we come to Christ, the Bible tells us that our spirit is brought to life, that we've been given life. And now suddenly, we become someone who can communicate with God. Now, is this a part of our soul that comes to life? Is it entirely separate from the soul? Remember, our soul, spirits, and body will all be throughout all of eternity. Nevertheless, if someone doesn't know Christ, then they don't have that aspect of the spirit and are not able to connect with them. And what that means for those of you that are Christians that are watching this is that you have a spirit that you can interact with God. And I would ask, are you interacting with him? Do you have that interaction with him? Are you still just interacting with this world? That would mean that you are, as Paul said to the Corinthians, carnal and you are not spiritual. Even though you have a spirit, maybe you're not feeding your spirit. Maybe you're not giving it the milk and the meat of the word, whereby it can grow and you can become mature. All of this is so important for us. And once we begin to understand that, we know that we are not just living like we used to live. So many Christians fall into that trap, and I think that God would break us from it. So I want to look at several more passages to talk about the spirit, soul, and body and see what we can learn from them. First is in John 3, 5, and it says this, Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. He goes on to tell us what the water is. That's always a question people have. What's the water and the spirit? Is that the baptism or is that the amniotic fluid and being born? Well, it's the amniotic fluid. He goes on to say, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Unless you are born of water and of the spirit, then you cannot receive the kingdom of God. You cannot be saved. You have to be born again. He goes on to say, do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. So there's this mystery about us as Christians and the Spirit of God working and interacting with our spirit. The Bible even talks about our spirit interacting with the Spirit of God. Number one, we must have the Spirit to understand the things of God. Listen to 1 Corinthians 2.14. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. This would be the person that has a body and a soul a dormant spirit or a dead spirit or no spirit, and they cannot know the things of God. They are, they are incapable. There's something about having the spirit that allows you to be able to understand and interact. It goes on to say in the same passage, for they are foolishness to him, 
nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So you have to be of the spirit to be able to spiritually discern. The second thing that we learn is to be spiritually minded brings life. Listen to Romans 8, 6. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. That is that if we are just driven by our desires, if we are just driven by the will of our soul, if we are not connected to the spirit of God, if we are not feeding our spirit and sowing to our spirit to receive life from it, then we're just getting corruption that comes from it. And so we want to be spiritually minded so we can have the life and the peace of God. And this also could be an indicator. If you are feeling dry, if you're feeling at a distance from God, could it be that you are carnally minded and not spiritually minded? And because of that, you don't have an awareness of the life you have and the peace that is yours? Number three, God promised that he would give us a new spirit. This is in Ezekiel 36 verse 26. I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. There's something that actually changes in your heart. Remember, that's the inner man. That's the essence of who you are. When God gives us a spirit. In the Old Testament, when he was prophesying about what the new life, the new covenant with Christ was going to be about, it was about taking out the heart of stone, giving us a heart of flesh. This is the transformation that happens in a believer. And this happens when God gives us that spirit. Number four, it's impossible to worship God without having that spirit quickened or brought to life. Listen to John 4, 24. Jesus said, God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. This means when God brings my spirit to life, I'm able to communicate with him because he's spirit. It's not that God can't communicate with a non-believer or can't get his word through to a non-believer. There are barriers, but it means that when we have the spirit, we now have that means by which we can connect to him. I love also that it says in that verse that we must worship him in truth as well. I think that speaks of the sincerity we have of evaluating our inner man, making sure that things are right between us and God. And if there is anything wrong, that we keep short accounts with him. The fifth thing, and I want to look at three different scriptures for this, is that without the spirit of God, we are dead. So there is being spiritually dead. There is being physically dead. Physical death is the separation of the soul or the consciousness or the will from man. Spiritual death, the soul, the consciousness is still there, but your spirit is dead. Listen to what it says in James 2.26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. It's telling us that when we have faith in Christ, there are things that we're going to do. There's going to be signs. There's going to be fruit. And so when the spirit is in our lives, the sign will be a spiritual life that we have. The second verse that tells us that without the spirit, we are dead is John 6, 63. It is the spirit who gives life. It says the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Now, this is Jesus speaking, and let's break that down. It is the Spirit who gives life. So it is the Spirit of God that brings my spirit to life. 
just like when the when when God breathed into Adam and Eve and as he breathed into them it was the spirit of God because that's the breath of God that was coming into them and giving them life and then he says the words that I speak to you are spirit Jesus told us things that are connected to the spirit and they are life. So as we listen to the word, very words of Jesus, he is the word of God. As we listen to his words, it's as if our spirit is being fed by the very spirit of God because they are spirit and they are life. The final passage that tells us that we are dead without the spirit inside of us is Ephesians 2.1, which says, and you he made alive who were dead in your trespasses and sins. So we know also that the forgiveness of our sins is connected to that spirit coming to life. And one of the reasons that you may be having problems or difficulties is because you're trying to discern things simply from a natural level, or you're ending up interacting with the flesh only. You're sowing to the flesh, and from the flesh, you are reaping corruption. One of these passages told us that in the flesh, there is no good thing. That is everything that we need comes from that spirit and our lives being set upon God. And so if you have never received Jesus, if you've never asked him to forgive your sins, if you've never confessed him as Lord, if you don't believe what he says and believe that he rose from the dead, then do that right now. Call out upon his name. And as you do, your spirit will be brought to life and suddenly you will have that interaction with him. And as a believer, may you remember that you have this special interaction with God, with the spirit that was dormant or was dead or didn't exist, but now you have that gives you the ability to be able to communicate, to commune with the living God.